Yeah, folks, the, the God is God is there, and and He's waiting for you to, to to call to Him. You know, it's it's like the whole thing. You know, your students come to you. You don't really, you know, go to your students. Yeah. They find you, and you find God, and He's there to open the door. And and I believe that that's what Christ and the Holy Spirit's job was to do was to was to pull us out of this. Uh, what I what I believe we're living in the Kali Yuga. It's a very dark time and where these entities have sway. And Christ was sent for that purpose. Uh, people say, well, that was 2,000 years ago. That's nothing. And when you look at the time period that we're living in of the Kali Yuga, it's 432,000 years. We've been given a reprieve of 10,000 years where we still have spirituality and the power to combat these things. Once that's over, th then it's just darkness for a long time until Christ returns and then you know that, that that's according to the Hindu belief, and but it's really weird that Christ and Krishna, very similar names, but if you call out to Christ or God like Jason did, um, there's a there's a lot of uh, uh, I put a lot of stock in that because there's a lot of stories, um, multiple multiple times where people have told me they've been attacked by some sort of flying entity, a dog man, even a Bigfoot. I've had people tell me or they were aliens. aliens. Yes, the alien abduction and the, the speaking of Christ's uh, name, uh, it, it stops it. I didn't speak Christ, but but you said, said God, God in my head. but you acknowledge the higher power, the source, which yeah, is Christ's Father. You know, right. and and so th that that's that that's very telling um, because I've heard it both ways. I've with someone cries out to to God or Christ, um, and and they are delivered. Um, you know, I, I've, I've done that many times because I've been pulled out of my body and, and what you were saying, Jason, about how folks, they're going to think this is weird if, if you're not uh, initiated, but most of my fans are, as Bane said, initiated, right. uh, you know, you know, or like the Jimmy Hendrix said, have you ever been experienced? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it, 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 it's yeah. If you've had it, you know, it, the, you know, I, I've been, I, I, fell asleep i just i got to a job site that, that had some weird activity i talked about it on my show at one point uh a guy that that i'd known for years i'd known since i was 17 um he saw this cat-like looking entity and then i saw the same thing it looked like a shadow and then it came up off the ground and there was a, a lady that used to live in that neighborhood and she she would walk around at night you know not not just wandering around she would go for a little walk and her with her she had like this big like shillelagh looking stick and she would always wave at me, and she's an African American lady. And she stopped, and she talked to me, and she was very, very polite. And uh, she was real big on the earth, and you know, in touch with that, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, she was a very nice lady. But she told me there was something there, and she said, "One, you know, one of these days, uh, it's it's going to really harass you if you give it, you know, the, the opportunity." I said, "Okay, thanks for the warning." Well, I ended up seeing something. Long story short, I I fell asleep. And something began to shake the truck, violently shake the truck. Mm. So when I when I woke up, I started, oh my gosh, I'm, this truck is shaking. Something's moving the truck, and I and, and I'm freaking out, and I'm reaching to try to turn the key. Uh, my hand keeps going through it, and I'm going like, what in the heck is going on? And I reach for my steering wheel, and my hand goes through the steering wheel. Uh, I was out of my body, and then I oh, knew yeah. immediately, okay, I'm out of my body. I've been through this before. This thing. Yank me out of my body because what they do, and so then I kind of had to had to. It's weird. You have to kind of go back to. I don't know how to describe it. 
you kind of fall back into your body or you go back to sleep and you and you have to kind of sometimes sometimes it's very rare that's happened maybe twice where I've had to actually focus on going back. A lot of times you just jerk back into it. Um, but I woke woke up for real and the truck was was kind of moving but not violently like it was before. Yeah. And I, I sat up and I, I started the truck. And, you know, what got me was I had just drank one of those uh, double shot espresso drinks. I was wide awake. I had, I had eaten lunch and it wasn't a heavy lunch. So there's no reason. I had plenty of sleep. There was no reason for me to be that tired because it drains you like a battery. And then you oh, yeah. end up going to sleep. And seeing that happen to me at another one of my sites. Uh, which wasn't too far from a few weeks before I, I, I go, right before I got sick with the COVID. Um, I had one of my guards call frantically, um, and I don't know if you knew this, Jason, but she she was on my live stream and she came on the show. Her name was Lily, yeah. and she I talked heard some of this, and and she said that, that she saw this weird light, and and then, so we started yeah. talking about that area. Well, there's a place that was no longer called that; it, it was called something else back when it was being built, and it was. My friend Snake that that was uh, uh, built was building it, and they call him that because he was a rattlesnake sacking champion. For, yeah, you know, I hate snakes. Yeah, and he's he's amazing. He like I've, <laughs> I saw him kiss a kiss a cobra on top no. of the head. Yeah, at the American Legion Hall in Taylor. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. My nephew took a video of it. I don't know if he still got it, but I'd like to post that if he's got it. But so Snake Snake uh, was building a, a a job that played baseball with his son, knew him for years. Um, so he, he gave me a, a, a doing security for him for I was working for this other company. And, uh, when I told him that I was there, he said, yeah, well, I'll request you. So I went to work for him and, uh, we, in, I ended up working for him for a few months at that job until it ended. And a lot of weird things happened there. But one of the most prominent things was that, uh, my watch would be, my watches would go dead. I had a Game Boy, the Advance, you know, those little ones, uh, going dead. I had a freaking, uh, truck batteries go dead. Um, cause these things were draining the batteries and they were draining me, Yeah, you know, and then it began, I, I had, I had pictures, two pictures of orbs. And, and then one of the pictures, there were these two goblin looking faces looking in at me in my truck, which just freaked me out. But it ended up in an email account because, um, that, and that, they, that no longer exists. And, and so I lost it because, uh, I had a different phone, you know, and you change phones and, yeah. And back then, it wasn't like it is now where everything goes up to the cloud and all that. It was just kind of like, you know. Um, but, yeah, I had a lot of weird stuff happen there. So whenever this guard, when she began to tell me about these blue orbs that were these things were jumping out of, it didn't shock me. I mean, I wasn't even like, oh, my God, yeah. that's crazy because it had happened to me. And then it happened to Clark, who was one of my guards. It was actually my uh brother's uh, former brother-in-law which is he's Zane's uncle on the other side and he's 6 foot 5 marine big tough guy he's not scared of nothing and uh he was like yeah I had, I've seen these orbs you know like they look like balls of light i saw the same thing and it's all in that same area and that can't be a coincidence you know i think that's how these things travel you know yeah and and so there's all these this uh stuff going on um, you know, the batteries being drained, but then I would fall asleep every night at like three o'clock and I'm not, I'm not a person that does that on post. And, uh, so I kept falling so then I'd fight to, to stay awake. So then I'd go and walk. And, uh, at one point, you know, I felt like I was half asleep and I fell into the pool. Um, and oh it, God. it was just weird. Yeah. It was a lot of crazy stuff. Um, I, I, I really hated that site. And every time any of my friends would drop by to drop me off food or, 
whatever, you know, they'd see stuff. They'd see weird stuff. And, and a, a big thing they saw, my friend Pete, when he was there, uh, and, and he listens to the show, my friend R. Ash, my friend Bones, all three of them still good friends of mine to this day, they all saw shadows. Um, and my friend Roger, who's now passed on, but at the time he was a devout atheist, he saw shadows, and he was real big on everything is, you know, in your mind, everything's physical, right. there's no spiritual, whatever. He's a smart guy, but, you know, he was very devoid of the spirit. And, but, and he wasn't, when he died, he wasn't that way. But, uh, yeah, he saw shadows too. And so I told him, I said, dude, everywhere, every, every, you know, buddy that works at this job site, they won't stay there at night. And so then two or three miles down the road, there's now we still have a bunch of weird stuff going on at this other site. And, uh, you know, I had a guard calling me frantic. Hey, I, I got to leave. There's this weird entity that came out of this uh, this ball of light. Uh, I, I believe the ball lights were orange and the entities that jumped out of them were, were blue. That's what she said. She saw entities that would like blue, like human figure like entities blue, blue, jump out. Yep. And, and when I talked to Nick Redford, and he's. have a whole fascination with orbs. Like yeah. That. Oh, the orbs. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I talked to Nick Redford and I asked him uh, because he he's done a lot of yeah. work with the UFOs and all that, and uh, and then and then another uh, friend of mine who's uh, Albert Rosales, um, the, you know about these blue entities, you know, um, Ridley Whitley Strieber is the one that they referred to like his book, you know, where, where communion where they, you know, and and so th there is a very uh, strong thread there. I mean, you're going like you know, I had a, a female that I worked with. At a, uh, a a job was a startup company, and I was the head of security, and it was a very well paying job. You're talking sixteen dollars an hour back in two thousand. Okay, that's pretty good. That was pretty good money back oh, yeah. then. Yeah, twenty one years ago, and Scorpion worked under me, so he's over there one day, and he's talking to the head of security for the building, uh, um, you know, and he tells her. Uh, she was working for, uh, one of the smaller companies, I'm sorry, that was in the building. And, uh, and, and so he tells her that I had a werewolf encounter when I was 15. And when he told, I was in absolute shock and horror that he did that. I said, are you kidding me? These people are going to think that I am out of my freaking mind. They're going to probably give me a psyche vowel and try, and then they're probably going to tell me, you know what, you need to, you know, go ahead and leave. We're not, we, we went ahead of security that's seeing werewolves, you know. It wasn't right. it wasn't like Dogman was just real popular back then or anything. I didn't even know what a Dogman was. I, I always just thought it was some sort of werewolf-looking creature, um, and he tells her that. Well, then one day, you know, she's sitting there playing solitaire, <laughs> and I went up to her, and I was like, hey – you know, what's up? You want some coffee? I'm trying to butter her up, you know, because I don't want her to go and tell on me that I'm crazy. And then so she was she was very astute, you know, she was really smart. She was probably about 10, 15 years older than me and Scorpion. And she said, you know, she's like, yeah, uh, your buddy told me about your story. And I'm like, oh, really? What, what was that? I acted all you know, <laughs> kind of like I was just like, huh? You know, like, and so she was like, yeah, the story about the uh, wolf looking creature. She goes, you know, those are, those are aliens. Cause of course, a lot of times when somebody sees ghosts, then everything's a ghost. If they see aliens, everything's alien, whatever they've seen that becomes their wheelhouse. And then they, and we all do that. We're guilty of that. But, but she tried to tell me there was an alien. I was like, I don't really don't think that's what it was, but I let her talk. And so I said, well, how, I said, how do you know this? She says, "Well, I've been abducted since I was eleven years old. At that time, I think she—I think she was in her mid forties, and she, she she was like, you know, I've been abducted since I was eleven years old. So for two months, she she was captivating me 
and and Scorpion and this other guard that was working there uh, with these stories of, of her abductions. And and I had my I took my journal up there. I didn't have a little recorder or anything. Um, but I, I took my journal, started writing all these notes down of what she was telling me, and that was very common. And she she had at one point she had a shadow entity in her room. Okay, get this. It, it it literally evolved right in front of her into a gray uh, alien. Well, I being. haven't got to I haven't got to the rest of the part of my story. We'll get to and I'll, there's an alien connection. Yeah, see, and that was what was weird. And when she said that, I remember writing that down in particular and thinking, that is is that's crazy. And the ball of light. She said that at one point they came through the wall, um, straight through the wall, like they, like the wall didn't even exist. And they were in like a, an orb. They were in orbs. Like they, they came down through the orbs and kind of jumped out. Um, I had a guy come on my show. Uh, uh, name was Richard. And he told he talked about, you know, when he was working uh, up in Washington and these two dogmen jumping out of an orb. Uh, it's a very common theme, you know, these yeah, things. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. And Bigfoot, too. And Bigfoot. And they, they, they pop out of them, you know. And and I'm not like some people, they think, you know, Bigfoot's out there just jumping up and in and out of portals and, and orbs and everything else. But I know. But, but, but yeah, because there's some people that just take it too far. But but it has happened. People do see them and they do travel. Uh, aliens, uh, Bigfoot, Dogman, I mean, you name it, these winged humanoids, Mothman. Uh, people have seen them, you know, doing this and shadow people. And I've also done cases, and I told you this, Jason, the other day, where the little boy, he was talking to a dog man creature and uh and there was a shadow uh, person with a with a hat like the hat man in their house you know going it was going on at the same time and then the husband was in complete denial which a lot of times they are i don't know what that is about the men about men just being like i, I don't see nothing it just looked like a shadow and i'm like that was a shadow that looked like a man and when you he, he got out of the shower and it was there in the bathroom and total denial about it. Oh, I don't know. I just kind of look. It must have been a trick of the light. And I'm like, like okay. I said, it, it, it's, it, it's Jack Nicholson in The Shining. And he's like, oh, I, I didn't see anything after the naked lady in the, in the shower <laughs> the attacks. He goes back to Wendy out. and he's like, I didn't see anything. Nothing there. And she's like, I'm losing my mind. And he's like, I'm <laughs> trying to write my book or whatever. He was, you know, getting. <laughs> He's getting so it's mad. Your brains and Wendy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's 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 crazy. I mean, you know, they're in complete and utter denial. Well, but I think some people kind of fall under this spell, sort of speak, of these entities because they'll make they'll isolate someone. Uh, exactly. You know, and I know the haunting in Connecticut. The real story, John Zaffis, and I actually tried to get him on the show, but he, he told me that he Same wasn't here. doing podcasts. Yeah, he said he wasn't doing it. Yep. And, but Zaffis went through a horrific incident where, um, you know, he he went down the stairs and this thing blew like yeah. So you know the whole story. Uh, you know, and, and he himself, they all said that it was trying to isolate people so they it could attack you. You know, yeah. it's kind of separate you like you know, lions and hyenas and wolves when they hunt in packs. You know, uh, killer whales do the same thing. They isolate one and they go for they, that. What do they know? do? They go after what one do they isolate? They always isolate the the, the one weak. that's weaker or slower mm -hmm. you know they look for the one that might be sick or you know they look for the easy injured. prey In injured yeah yeah and, and 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 i believe that your 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 vulnerability completely depends on your your level of power and your spirit 
And and you know, and I be, and in my opinion, I know Jason, you may differ from this. A lot of people don't agree, but I, I believe that it comes from a higher power, and I believe that it comes from the source, the creator. And right. if you if you're in touch with that, you're in tune with that. That that is your power. That is your shield. That is your armor and your sword. And I believe that if you don't have that, then you're what they call a target. You know, and yeah. and, and and not just for these entities, but for people who practice magic, curses, all this other stuff. Um, the, the, I've had, I've had them tell me point blank to my face, uh, you know, that those are targets, those people who aren't, you know, that don't, so the, 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 it's very simple, you know, I mean, it, it's not, it's not a Chinese arithmetic. You're not trying to, you know, sol solve the, uh, the, 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 you know, you're, you're just basic, the mystery of the universe. It's not, it's not like you're trying to solve that. It's just basically protection, you know, Jason, you had something that came out, it, it, it appeared, you know, and it, and it saw you and maybe you're in a vulnerable place in your life and it was a, it parasitized you and then and, and your friend. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I, one of the things you don't want to do in any situation is challenge it. No. Or, or, te or, or invite it to come after you is what I exactly did. Not openly with my, I didn't even have to speak it out loud. It was all in my mind. I, I said it and that was enough, I think. Now, you know, when I told you about the, the older man that stepped out, for a long time I felt, well, maybe that – because my – that psychic experience my what mom had when she told about the my uh, uh, half-sister and all that, me talking to her. Uh, she also told her that my great-grandfather Mason uh, – last name Mason. Harvey was his name was our guardian would watch over us. So I assumed that maybe that was Harvey. I didn't really know him. He died right before I was born. But later on, I got a picture. I think I even put – I thought it was Harvey in Mike Ricksucker's book. But it wasn't long ago I actually saw a picture my mom posted of her great-grandfather Bach. And I'm like, that's who I saw. It was him. He, my uh, great-grandfather I never met. Uh, my grandmother, who I was really close to's father, um, saved me and God. You know, I think he – God sent, sent him there to save me and warn me, not not – to watch what you do. And I, I feel like that, that event blocked this thing from getting to me. Um, mostly I would think at least the shadow person, I'll get to the alien connection here is something I'm still trying to figure out. Um, but I, it wasn't the last time I had an encounter with this shadow person. I felt it stayed mostly out of my life, but there's a couple instances I've had with shadow people since one time, and this is a really weird story. Me and my wife were driving down this road. It's called Johnson Road. And um, there's a, a a bar there. I'm trying to remember the name of the bar. There's a curve. The road curves and there's a bar there. And you can see always the lights of the bar are always bright in the darkness of the, the night. And there's all these houses that are dark usually at that time of night. And the only thing lighting up was the bar. But we're coming right around the curve. You can see the bar up ahead. And in the light of the from the bar down the road, my wife's driving. I'm in the passenger seat. And this was before we were married, actually. Um, and I married her because she was totally into the weird, and I could tell her everything. That's cool. Yeah, that's a whole other story. I love my wife. 18 years married. Um, we see, we both see this. We see this figure, dark, tall, shadow figure down the road, lean out and look at us as we're driving towards it. For just a few seconds, we see it, and then this is where things get really messed up. It's like somebody turned the lights off in the world. Really, it's like somebody blinded us. It was so quick. It was like one, two, three, four, five seconds maybe of total blackness. My wife screams because she's experienced this too. She can't see. She's driving right at that bend. 
right as she turned, we go blind. Both of us. It was so pitch black. I couldn't see my hands. I couldn't see anything. And you know, if you, somebody shuts off the lights suddenly on you and it's completely black, you see the purple because that's the chemical in your eye. I was seeing the purple. That's how blind I was. It was total black and I was starting to see purple for those few seconds. Like could somebody just shut the lights out on us. And my, I, all I could hear was my wife scream. And then it was gone. We could see. And she was like, what the bleep was that? So there's that instance. What we found out, what we didn't think about is right at that curve, more than a number of people have died at that curve. Mm. Car wrecks. Right at that curve. Now it yeah. makes you wonder how many of them went blind in that, that amount of a second. Now, is that the same shadow entity I, I experienced then? I don't know. And it's also um, the chicken and the egg thing. Like that there'll yeah. be a haunting where, okay, let's take the Amityville. Um, what was the guy's name? He killed, uh, we, uh, what was his name? Um, oh, I, he just recently passed, and I actually know somebody that knew him and interviewed him. It was really close to him. And he actually told her he watched my show. Uh, Jackie Barrett's a medium who's interviewed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he just recently died, and I can't think of his name at the moment. Defoe, um, what was his the, name? Robbie, Rob, Robbie Defoe. Yeah, and, 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 and so – the the guy that 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 had I forgot his name. He's an Ita- it had an Italian name. I think the one that actually killed the, his family. Uh, what was his name? Um, Robbie Defoe killed his family. Was it was According it Defoe that law. killed his family? I thought yeah, he was one he that killed his he killed his brothers and sisters and his parents. He shot them all in the middle of the night while they they were all found laying in their bed. And everybody wonders how could he shoot everybody except for except for I think his one sister was found in a closet shot dead. Yeah. But, um, but but what was it the 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 people that moved in they were the uh, what were their names? Oh God, it's a long time since it, I talked so about hard, the It's so hard case, to remember that. But the point the point is is that that what came first was it a demonic entity or something like that that was that was convincing him or did that did he do that horrific thing and then it attracted that 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 uh, negative energy because that that's that's something that has happened. Multiple times, uh, you know, over well, the years. The history of that, Robbie Dupuy, he was a heavy drug user. Yeah, heavy heroin, and, and his family was tied up in the drug trade. He tried to use. He he denied killing his family for a long time, feeling like somebody his father was involved with killed all of them, but really he did it. Um, and he came to accept that. You should see my interviews with Jackie Barrett on this this subject. Wow. Uh, she swears to God. Out. She she was she communicated him the first time she ever goes to show, she's like he she taught him how to astrally project because he couldn't leave prison. Mm-hmm. And that uh and uh they would correspond quite often and the night before my show she uh he goes, I see you're gonna be on a show and she's like, I think he's watching right now. That kinda gave me a creeps. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. But you know, like I said, he was doing heavy amount of drugs. There there's a willing victim if there's something there. Um what I wanted to say, though, is that was one exp- about pe- being weak. The only other time I saw, saw that maybe what I felt was the shadow person, I felt that same presence again when I actually felt the presence as me and my wife's first apartment was extremely haunted. It seemed like all different kinds of spirits would be walking in and out of that place. Um, and there was, we were right across from St. Anthony's hospital, which just recently got tore down. I was born there. My kids were born there and my mom worked there for many years. And I always, I, w- I walked the halls of that place, but I always felt 
all kinds of presences in that hospital. And one night we even saw faces on the corner wall that faced that hospital. Me and my wife both saw these like mist, like just barely mist of glowing light coming through our walls. And we could see faces coming out. So this place was haunted. Okay. But there was one room we would not go. We would just not touch in this apartment. It was an upstairs apartment and there's a guy who lived below. And we'd never really wanted to do anything in this room. None of us talked about it. We, we talked about the haunted stuff going on, but both of us never would talk about that room. We would just not go in there. One night I had the flu really bad. I was really sick. So maybe this was a fever. Maybe this was a feverish dream I had, but I was awake. I know I was awake. I was sitting in the living room. My wife worked late nights. I was by myself and I, I was feeling so miserable. And then I get that feeling. I'm like, I know this feeling. It's the feeling that I had with the shadow person. And I'm like, I start speaking out loud. Wherever you are, you're not welcome here. You, you cannot affect me anymore. I'm not afraid of you. Get out. I, I speak it out loud. In the name of God, get out of my house. And I turn. I'm in the living room, that room that we wouldn't go in. There was a doorway there. It was, didn't have a door. <laughs> We'd never want to go in there. I turn and look into that room because I hear some movement in there, like something rattling a bag. We didn't have any pets or anything at that time. Uh, we ended up getting a pet, actually, not long after that because I think none of us wanted to be alone in that apartment. Oh, uh, yeah. And I see the black shadow figure in that room. And I just am frozen again, and I just look at it. I can't move, but I can talk, and I'm like, you will not affect me. You will get out of my house. You will leave now. And I'm like, just keep repeating that. And I see that black shadow at the top where its head would be start to pull in like this reddish, slight reddish hue, and then form into a face. And that face is a face I saw during a meditation once, candle meditation. I saw the same face in the candle once too. It's this ghoulish face. It's it's it reminds me uh like like almost like almost like a little bit of like a dog man. You know, like the kind of descriptions of a face, but there's I all it's it's all hued by red, but I could see it. And I just – once I saw the face, I'm like, get out. You are not welcome. Get out of my house. And I finally break through. My, I'm not frozen anymore. And I stand up and I walk up to that doorway and I'm like, we're going. Like I am not going to back down. You are out of here. And this thing, whoosh, gone. And I was so sick. I was so miserable. I was so weak after that. <laughs> like, <laughs> How but long, I think the only reason they tried to for? come after me because I was, you know, had the flu so bad. I've been sicker since then. I've had the swine flu, for God's sake. I haven't had COVID. Knock on wood. Um, swine flu, I did hallucinate from a fever, but I knew it was hallucinations from a fever. It was so bad. But this, I, I don't think I had that bad of a fever. I was just miserable sick. And I'm a baby. I'm a guy. So when I get sick, I'm just a big baby. Uh, I was probably sick at that point for almost a week. So I was pretty worn out and miserable. And uh, I think my only theory is this thing had a, a, one could get at me because I was in a house that had no protection. It was anything was coming in and out of that house. It was like just an open doorway for some reason to all kinds of spirits. So I think it found an open doorway to get to me and get to me while I was weak. But yeah. I still feel like I carry whatever happened that night. It was vanished, banished from me. I carry that with me that this thing can't get too close for me. And I also accepted then that I have control, not this. It does not have control over me. I have the control. And and I've stuck with that. Doesn't mean I'm bravado or being brave. I just realize how these things operate. They only operate if you give it fear, if you give in to the fear. 
Yeah. They, they, they that's, need that's that energy. Yeah. Yeah, they need that energy. So that's why I've always been fascinated by, you know, I get started to, st- you know, I've got into studying, the, I'm not a demon, demonologist or anything like that, but I got studying into the demonology, I've uh, studied all the other different kinds of folklore of people's experience with different entities, trying to understand what happened to me. Lately in my life, in the last couple of years, I have had a new perspective on it. Um, I uh, had a guest on, I was going to have a guest on, my friend Heather Wade. Uh, Kingdom and I Radio had told me, I have a really good guest for you. Have you heard Terry Lovelace? I'm like, yeah, that was a great show. He's an alien abductee. I would love to have him. She introduced me to him. And he's like, I'll send you my book. Incident at Devil's Den is what it's called. And it's about a lot, but it really is about an incident that happened in, like I think, 1976 with him and a friend out in Devil's Den, Arkansas. Uh, on a camping trip where they were abducted by a triangular shaped craft by aliens. And he also was being abducted before that from his early childhood. He just didn't realize it then. Uh, so it's a whole story. And I highly recommend anybody read this because it changed me reading it because it made me think about before that shadow person experience, I did have something happen to me. I would not think about, I would, it's like my brain was wired not to think about it. all the weirdness. I would, all the stuff I would study, all my interest in aliens, but yet I would not think about this incident until I read this book. It's like my brain was wired not to remember it, but it brought it all back. Maybe because Terry's incident was in a camping trip and mine was a camping trip. Um, and it was with my friend Lance who went through the same shadow person experience. And this happened – this camping trip happened before, you know, when I was like 16, uh, like going on 17, right before – it was the summer before that uh, we first encountered it when we went to that party. Uh, that shadow. I don't know if they're connected, but I started thinking about it because a lot of abductees talk about psychokinetic things that happen and seeing shadow people and all this mm-hmm. afterwards. But I never thought about those things until I read Terry's book because of his camping trip and it brought back this camping trip. When I was on this camping trip, I did not have a negative experience like Terry did. Um, but we were in a place called Red River Gorge, Kentucky. Beautiful place. Oh, a lot God. of fish. Kentucky, like to go camp Kentucky is so haunted. Well, this is like roughneck camping. Like you, there's no bathroom. There's no nothing. You're literally hiking two miles or more out to your campsite. It's out in the middle of nowhere, and they're beautiful. It's beautiful. That's why you go there. You know, we we camp right near this cliff. Um, I remember going out there and with Lance and um, got we had um, gotten really tired for some reason. Even though we were so excited to be there, but we you know. We had set up camp and everything, got really tired. We went to bed early that night. And I thought we'd be up all late, you know. Here I am out in the middle of nowhere in the woods. You know, I shouldn't fall asleep, but I did, you know. Like, I I even slept with my shoes on because I wanted to be able to run for it if I had to. (laughs) This was my first alone camping trip as an adult. You know, I was 16, not an adult, minor, but still on my own with a buddy. I'd never done that before. And um, so I slept with my shoes on. And I remember that night falling right away to sleep. And having this really weird dream where I was floated out of my tent. And I remember hovering and looking down at the floors below me. And there was like a bright light behind me, but I couldn't like get my body to float or turn around to see it. All I know is there's a bright light behind me. That's the most vivid part I remember. Uh, After that, everything becomes kind of hazy. I, 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 all I can say is I 
remember seeing like a control room of a ship. That's all I can say, and I can't remember much more. When I woke up the, the next day or that morning, really early in the morning, like the sun had just started to come up. It was a mist outside because it was really early morning. I woke up. I was turned around in the tent from where I originally was sleeping. And it's a small tent. It was me and Lance sharing it. And my boots were off, just laying at the other end of the tent at the opening. Like I had to taken them off and turned up and turned around. I'm a – after – well, I mean, I guess I, then I was still a deep sleeper. After the shadow person experience, I was a light sleeper, I guess. So I, I, at that time, I could figure it, I could, I guess I just moved to my sleep. But Lance was gone, and I, I remember feeling panicked that he wasn't there. And I get up, and I find him at the cliff, this beautiful cliff that was just down this trail that looks out the whole Forest Valley Red River Gorge. And um, I go, something weird happened. I was like, did you? I, I got turned around and my, my shoes were off. I don't remember doing that. He goes, yeah, I woke up. You were that way. I'm like, hmm. We sit there and we're listening to the birds chirping. It's so early morning. He had made coffee and we're sitting there and I, I just thought about that. I'm like, yeah, that was a weird dream you know, out here. I'm kind of like too much. And at that time, I'll tell you what, I'd already read communion. I've already know about alien abduction. Oh, yeah. So I wrote it off as my imagination. We're sitting there and suddenly, you know, we, we were like singing what he was like whistling to the birds. I can't whistle, but he was like doing this whole musical thing with the birds. You could hear him communicating through the forest early morning, back and forth. It was really fun, but suddenly, and I'm still sit, sitting there thinking about this dream. It gets really quiet. All the birds stop. All the, all the bug sounds stop. Everything gets really quiet. And we look at each other. It's like kind of weird. And out over the forest floor to our, our, our right, this beam of light shoots up through the mist because there's this mist covering through the trees. You can't see below the mist. Mm -hmm. This huge light. I mean, it would be as big as a house. Like a beam of light for five or six seconds shoots up into the sky. And we're like, what the hell? And then it's gone. Later in the day, we tried to figure out what it was. Lance insisted it had to be somebody had a, one of those big like Batman spotlights. I'm like, that thing was that light was bigger than a, a Batman spotlight. I don't know what you're talking about. So that happened. You know, I don't know if that was alien related or not, but I do know it was not long after that the shadow person's experiences started. And Terry confided to me after, you know, he's had shadow experiences after his alien abduction. I had other dreams I would just write off about having an alien in my room, a gray. And when it would touch me, it would be the same feeling that I had, that same hopelessness and darkness that the shadow person experience gave me, but I always wrote them off as dreams. It's just my, you know, I've seen too much communion. I've seen fire in the sky and I always wrote them off. And that's probably why I was wired not to think about any of it. I didn't think about any of it until I read Terry Lovelace's book. And then it started thinking about all these things I just wrote off. I mean, there was one time I was sick. I was so sick. And this is when I was living at my parents' house still. I couldn't breathe. Like I had such congestion and I was smoking, of course. And this is probably... I was like 20 and um, I was so congested and I had this dream where these aliens took me and they put a bunch of like they, they forced a thing down my throat and I'm struggling with them and they're trying to calm me down and tell me it's all right. It's all right. We're trying to help you. And they put this fluid in my lungs and they're like showing me through telepathy what they're doing and trying to help me. And they like clear and wash my lungs. And when I woke up, guess what? I had no congestion. I felt perfectly fine. They were telling me, stop smoking. 
it took many years before I stopped smoking after that. But I, you know, I wrote that off as a dream. I just found it funny that I was like 100% better after being completely sick. So how these things are connected, if they're connected to my shadow person experience, I don't know. It's something more recent. I've trying to reconcile with myself. <laughs> I don't know if I'm an alien abductee. I've had some strange markings. Like I once woke up when I was, a. um, I, I think this happened not long after the camping trip. Actually, I woke up at home. My mom thought I'd burnt myself with a cigarette. She had caught me smoking in my room around 16. And I'm like, I don't smoke in my room anymore, mom. I don't, I don't. But I woke up with this perfectly round burnt circle on my face. It was like a like somebody took a cigarette and put it out on my face. When I woke up, I remember walking to the bathroom and seeing this pure crystalline gel on my face, and I wiped it off. And then there was a circle, this burnt circle. It didn't hurt, but it was there for a couple months. What that was, I don't know. <laughs> you know, just all these things. I don't have answers. I'm still questioning all of it. And I think I don't know if I always will be, or if I will not get those things. I don't know. And I, it's like, it's why I do my show because I'm looking for other people's experiences. We're all holders of pieces of the puzzle mm -hmm. to this. All of our experiences are clues to what it is. And then I call the show Paranormal Soup because I believe all these things could be connected. And I didn't even really I realize maybe a connection with the alien theme until I uh, read Terry Lovelace's book and talked to him in private about his personal experiences he didn't even put in the book. Um, so I'm still trying to figure this out. I still don't know what the shadow person experience is or, you know, what I, I can't tell you what I experienced, give you any definition. It was a demon or it was an alien or interdimensional. I don't know. All I know is what I've experienced and what I've told you here. And that's why I, I tell my story. I remember when I first started coming out more about my experiences, I told one of my wife's childhood friends that came over to visit us and he called me a damn liar. Wow. You know and I basically said, you know what? F you. And after that, you know what? I thought, I don't care what people think. It was not long after that I started thinking about doing a show. Because you know what? I'm tired of hiding myself, hiding my experiences. And I need some way to get this outlet out because I try to tell people and they look at me like crazy. You can't talk to your coworkers about it. You can't talk to people about this. But this is so much my experience. I have no one to talk to but my wife who's love, love of my life and great. I'm very lucky to have her and be able to have somebody to talk to. But I wanted more. I wanted to reach out. And, I want to know your experience. Here's mine. And that's why I started doing Paranormal Soup. Okay, I'll say something. I had a weird experience one time when I was uh, a young man, and and I thought that it was a dream. But my friend Chad had the same uh, experience uh, from when we were teenagers, and I thought, wow, how the, what is the you know chances of that? And it was actually um, a blue. Uh, let's see, it was actually a bluish looking uh, like the the light they gave off, but it was like these really tall. Uh, grayish looking aliens and they had this blue light around them and I told my friend about it at school the next day and he was like I think I was like a sophomore and yeah. uh, he goes yeah I had, I had this weird dream and I was like, I was like that's not a dream it was, it was like when you were talking about your cousin in the head I said dude that that I had I dreamed that and so I never did know um, what that was but I remember them just coming into my room in the apartment I lived in when I first moved into Austin, and and I have no idea why. Um, never have had any other experiences until I got with uh, my wife of now four years. But she, I've I've seen three times now. These little uh, look like a a BB in the sky. It's just like a circular yeah. Yeah, silver. I've seen something similar. 
Yeah. And then they just disappear. And I'm sitting there going like, what in the hell is that? You know? And so I, I, I don't know. It, it's a very weird phenomenon. I think it's all connected, but my wife yeah. believes that she may have had uh, something, you know? Yeah. I, I can't say I'm like abduct, being, being abducted all the time. Like, I mean, Terry Lovelace's experience are way more extreme than mine. So I, I don't know. I'm not willing to accept it yet, but I will tell you this. I had to think hard about it because it, it Interviewing other abductees over the years now, and it seems like people who are abducted or even have like one encounter are wired not to look at it, not to think about it. That's weird. I mean, you know, like I said, when I fell asleep at that, uh, at that, uh, what it was was like a uh, a school, and we worked there overnight, and you know, there was nobody there. It was just you, and it was it was notoriously yeah. haunted. My brother used to walk through there and say that he would hear. Uh, knocking on the walls we had another guy that worked there uh named patrick said the same thing and one time i found patrick scared hiding in one of the utility closets oh wow and i was like pat what are you doing here? he wasn't asleep and he goes dude i'm i'm just i'm i'm really freaked out i'm having a panic attack i'm i, I need to go home and i said obviously so he he left and i and i finished a shift and, and i was with my nephew zane and uh we, we he went for a walk uh, and there was a donut shop, like an all night donut shop. Mrs. Johnson's Baker is famous. A lot of, it's a really good place. And he goes, I'm going to go for a walk. So when he was walking through there, well, lo and behold, he sees something and he, he couldn't really describe it. He said it was like something looking out of the window for a second. And then he heard the knock. And I, I was just like, you know, I don't think this is all, uh, by accident. It's not by chance. And then, and then that night I was by myself all of a sudden three, 3 AM on the dot. And I'm just like, I can't stay awake. Even after taking a double shot espresso, which I didn't even really need because I felt like I was wide awake. I was feeling good. And I was actually listening to coast to coast. Um, it was kind of a boring episode. So I just was kind of like, ah, you know, it's not that great. It was about, uh, I, I believe the episode was about, uh, what do you call it? perpetual motion, like uh, uh, you know, like yeah, energy, perpetual energy, whatever. So it's what kind of a, energy, free energy shows, free energy shows. It was kind of boring, and I was just kind of listened to yeah. it. But I've heard it before, you know. Subscribe to Discover Magazine, Scientific American, all that. So I was like, okay, I've already heard all this. So I'm sitting there, and I and I and I am very cerebral of a person. I, I was kind of a jock at time, you know, and played ball and everything else. But I also. Uh, it was a bookworm. I read all the time. And so I guess I was probably the only jock that played Dungeons and Dragons in the lunchroom, you know, in the uh, library. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually did. And and one time, the funny story, uh, kind of a sidelight to that, uh, me and my mom went out to, to grab something to eat this place called Taco Cabana. It's very popular down here. It's almost like a really, really good version of Taco Bell where – it's it's like you they get it's good pretty decent mexican food and it's like you just go through the drive through and it's, it's it's kind of fast food mexican food but it's pretty good so anyway my 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 uh, mom went you know we went to go get something and and this guy that i went to high school with he was really nice he saw me i hadn't seen him in a long time and uh, he gave us a bunch of free stuff and he told my mom uh that uh when i went to school there with him that it was kind of like if you were kind of a nerd you, you you know it was like you know wolf was your friend nobody would mess with you he's like when he right. when he went to school there he goes cuz i could beat up everybody i mean i was a boxer and i was tough you know tough kid and uh and so i had this group of friends that i hung out with and a lot of them were kind of the outcast kids but they played dungeons and dragons and i liked it i had i started playing that when i was like 11 years old with my friend keith and we lived in the country and we had nothing to do so we that's what we did 
And so when I hooked up with these kids, they were kind of the nerds. And so my, my friends that played ball football, you know, they were like, why are you hanging out with those guys? Those are nerds, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, why do I read books and you don't? Right. You know, why am I, you know, why am I the only one that's really interested in any kind of, uh, you know, reading or anything else, you know? Um, and this, they kind of left me alone because, you know, I could pretty much, you know, handle myself pretty well. And I did quite often. And, um, so I, you know, he told my mom that, that mom, that always touched my mom, you know, that, I, that I was like nice to those kids. I wasn't a bully and I actually defended right. them, protected them. And, uh, a couple of my friends got me involved in reading, uh, Brad Steiger and they were like into that. My one friend was a big ghost. Uh, he was into ghosts, you know? And so I went to his house oh, yeah. and, and I had another friend that was kind of like into monsters and, I kind of gravitated toward that only because of what I'd seen when I was 15 and I had that story, you know, and I told it and, and, um, had a lot of weird experiences. So, you know, I, I became friends with those kids, but, uh, yeah, the only time I ever had any kind of alien, anything was that time. I thought, I, I thought, I think it was a dream, but it, I mean, you know, and nothing happened as far as I remember. I just remember them like kind of fading back into the wall. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, that was, you know, I woke up the next day and it didn't hit me till like, you know, second period in school. And I was like, what was that? Was that a dream? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you know how you have a, you have a dream and then you don't even realize it until later on, you know? Yeah. And oh, I was yeah, sitting there. Yeah. And in first period, I actually um, would tutor uh, some of the remedial kids. That was, I, I helped do that, you know, was, and I had, I was kind of ahead on my credits. And so I had a set in second period is when I started doing my actual school work, you know? And so I was actually a tutor. And so in second, second period, I had this weird, like I was just sitting there doing like English two or whatever it was, English three um, at that time. And I just go, Whoa, Whoa, what the heck? And then I felt like I was dizzy and I thought I was going to black out. So I stood up and I told the teacher, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I'm about to pass out. You know, I was having anxiety. Yeah. Uh, teacher yeah. was really cool. And, uh, he, he he talked real proper. He wasn't from England, but he talked like he was because he was an English yeah. teacher. He was very one of those real real uh, into you know English. You talk proper, you know. Real nice guy. He took me out in the hallway and he goes, "Just breathe. Are you okay? I'm going to take you to the nurse." We walked to the nurse's uh, station, whatever. And um, I told her, I said, "Well, last night I had a weird dream, and uh, I just started hyperventilating and freaking out in class, and and felt like I was going to pass out." And she was like, "Well, what happened?" And I told her. And she was just like, she, she, you could tell she was like chomping at the bit to say something more about it, but she yeah. wasn't at liberty to do it because it's a public school and you can't do that. And so yeah. she was just like, I could say some things, but I'm not going to. She wasn't that much older than me. I think she was in her early 20s. Uh, and, and I was like, I think at that at that time, I was like 16, going on seven, almost 17. Well, a few years later, I ended up working at a bar and she walked in there. Because the owner of the bar's hair, uh, hairstylist was friends with that with her, and, and I recognized her as the school nurse. And she came up to me, and I'm not kidding. I was standing there with I think Squid, and my brother. Uh, some you know, Squid's one of the guys who works as a Navy SEAL. He's a good guy. And uh, she came right up to me, and she said, "Do you remember me? I used to work at the." She's like, "You're one of the only students I remember very vividly." And we only had one conversation. It was about yeah. aliens in your room. And I said, yeah, I had a, a dream about that. Yeah, oh, you were the nurse. She goes, yeah. And she goes, I want you to know, she goes, that that wasn't a dream. And she told me, she started talking about all this stuff. And, of course, she's also drunk when she's telling me this because she's been at the yeah. club drinking and partying and stuff. And uh, we became friends. And uh, 
I got to know her uh, boyfriend who worked at another bar down down the street. It was actually a friend of mine. And I said, I didn't, I didn't know that y'all were dating. And then they ended up, eventually they ended up uh, getting married. And she was like you know, a few years old than us. Uh, but she, she was very adamant that she had been, uh, abducted and it was very similar. These things came yeah. through the wall and then, you know, and then of course, like I said, I've, I've, I've gotten a report of, you know, one of these alien looking creatures, uh, evolving into like, a, a, a like this shadow going from a shadow into one of these right. alien type entities. And, you know, there's some that believe wholeheartedly that there's some sort of an agenda of demonic entities that are trying to masquerade for some big as aliens, as aliens, and who the heck knows what you know? Because you know we're just peons here. We don't know. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to feel our way through it. You know, or it's all semantics. What we're talking about, it's all the same thing. It's just if what you want to call tomato, tomato. Um, you know, the anxiety you felt when you remembered the dream right there, that panic attack is a really big clue, Josh, to alien abductions. When people that remember have a sudden flash of their experience, they experience exactly what you experience. You really need to read Incident at Devil's Dead by Terry Lovelace. And he's a good friend of mine. What's you the name of it? Your show. Incident at Devil's Den by Terry Lovelace. Okay. Let me ask you another he's question. He's definitely a high, highly recommended guest to have. I, I, I had a, I had a, let me tell you something. And this is something I wanted to ask you. Uh, I used to work at it, and this is weird too. There's a lot of weird things that that, that kind of sidelights that go to all this. Um, there, there was a guy um, that was a Buddhist shaman. Now he he called himself a worker. He didn't he didn't say I'm a Buddhist shaman, you know, but he was a Buddhist, and he definitely was a shaman, and he was very good at it. He even read my mind. Um, he proved it, and it was very very. Uh, he was good at it. And uh, he told me, he says, when when you sleep, he goes, you astral project. Well, when we were working together, we'd worked these really long shifts, and he was, they had like a guy that would sit in the control room that was from there, that from that facility that actually lived on site. And I was the guard, and sometimes he'd go, hey, I'm going to go to my room and take a nap. Can you watch everything? Sure. There's two of us. And it's not that big of a place. And so sometimes I would say, hey, you know, can I take a nap? And she said, sure. Well. I went to his room and something grabbed my pant leg. And then I heard voices talking in some weird, which I later found was like an Asian. Uh, it was like a like a type of, of Asian dialect that's no longer spoken. Um, and, and that's what I was told. But uh, this guy, he, he was the real deal. And, and his name was David. And he actually, uh, my brother was a Satanist, uh, heavily into the dark arts. Mm. And he unhooked some sort of entity from my brother and me and three of my friends, one who's now deceased, uh, who, who we do an art contest in his honor. Uh, um, but uh, he, 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 we were all there and we saw my brother kind of levitate off the ground a few inches. It was unbelievable. Wow. And he pulled something off of his back and said, it, and he said it looked almost reptilian. David could see it. Um, and so he was a real deal. And one of the things that I learned from him, I, I, I asked him one time, we talked about alien abduction one night, and he said, you are absolutely safe from that. He told me that. And I said, how, how, how do you know that? And he goes, let me tell you something. And he made a joke about it. You know, he said, if, if you were abducted, if you got abducted today, because they've already looked at you, you are not something See? that they want. He goes, they don't want you. He right. goes, you would be a big hassle. <laughs> That's what he told me, you know, and I'm going like, what do you mean? And he said, well, 
He said, there was a time when you were younger that, that they, that they looked at you and, you know, they look for candidates for this stuff, you know, like the, and they decided yeah. against it. And he said, if they took you up in their ship and, and if, if you were a, a, somebody observed, this is what he said. Okay. And he said in front of several of my friends and everybody laughed, thought it was funny. Um, but you know, you know, I don't know. It was kind of funny, but it was also kind of weird. You know, I was, I was just trying to take it all in. But he said, imagine imagine a, an alien craft flying through the air, and then it just starts shaking all over the place and then crashes. <laughs> and he said, that's, yeah. that was that. – and I said, what does that mean? He goes, I don't know. He goes, that's the image in my mind that I got when I meditated on what you said because he said, give me a day. Let me think about it. He said, they would not take you up there. He goes, it's not going to work. It's going to – it's going to – there's not – there's certain people that it's that, – that are built. It's built into them. He said, the best they could do is try to sedate you. And it's not going to hold. And he goes, and then you're going to do things, you know, that you don't even know you're capable of. Now, that's uh, weird. You know, no, it isn't to me because there's a lot to my experience I haven't gotten into. And I, we're not going to have time tonight to get into. Uh, but that relate kind of to that. Uh, me and my cousin Phil, this other green floating head, had a lot of dreams, experiences were alien related that we mm -hmm. joked about and thought was Dragon Ball Z influence, but it's similar to kind of what you're talking about. Uh, when I was that camping trip, one of the thoughts I had when I was being floating in the air and I had this light behind me is like, they found me. I don't know what that's about. That was the thought in my head. They found me. I don't know what that's about. Um, there's so much to this. I don't understand. I, I'm still trying to understand, but one of the things, you know, we were talking about, you know, the black dog, beware the dog episode and mm -hmm. black dogs and how they, you know, and dog men and, you know, all these different creatures and like Skinwalker Ranch and the beast in the field. Uh, we were talking about with um, how the Bell Witch and Skinwalker Ranch started. All these things have, I've thought about for years about how people have had these different experiences where things people see creatures like we, you have and mm -hmm. uh, I have. I haven't seen like a dog man or anything like that, but. I, I was always interested into the men in black, you know, and the black eyed kids like David Weatherly is really investigated, you know. Oh, yeah. All these are different kinds of manifestations that do one thing. Fear. Fear. Yeah. That's what the black eyed kids are. That's their MO. I mean. Right. But all these scenes in some way are taking on – they don't take on like some happy form to draw you in. Now, they do sometimes in alien abduction experiences. Sometimes they come across as, you know, something friendly to draw a child in. But – um most of the time, people are having experiences that are frightening, and these scenes take on frightening forms. And I've always been interested in psychokinetic energy, haunted places, or places that have energy like Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, I had Barry Taff on. One of the cases I've always been interested in, or two cases actually, is that, uh, that he's worked on uh, is a parapsychologist, one of the very beginning parapsychologists, um, was the Entity case, which was made into a book. Oh, a Yes. Yes, I know and, exactly. Uh, the, uh, California. Uh, and another one in California is the San Pedro case with Jackie Hernandez. Never heard of that. If you've ever seen that, doc you should find the documentary of it. It's hard to find. I have it on VHS somewhere. It's hard to find, <laughs> but there's videos of some of the stuff that they did that Barry Taff and the other investigators uh, involved in that did. I mean, they had blood coming down the walls in that. That, wow. that uh, investigation on video. Somebody almost got hung up in the attic. You know, uh, it was it's crazy stuff. And this is like eighties. No, I think I remember that. And 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 he was like being being uh, he was like suspended in the air, um, yeah. being choked. Like I, I it, know it was a, it was it was a a, a, a hanger. Or it was like a, 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 a oh, it was a hookman's tie rope, mm -hmm. and like it was in the attic, right? 
It was in the attic. Attic, yeah. yes, I um, remember that. But you know, in that case, you know, it followed Jackie Hernandez. Barry Taft's idea on all these situations with the entity and with Jackie Hernandez is that it's uh, it's environment and person. So it's like. You have a, a record and a needle, and the person's the needle, and the record's the environment, and mm-hmm. you'll get these manifestations when the two meet. It's some kind of psychokinetic energy that happens between environment and person. I myself over the years, and I'm nowhere near as brilliant as Barry Taft, but I have a feeling that it's one-third aspect of that. Um, it's person, environment, and parasitic entity. Mm-hmm. Look at it as uh, a pool of energy – that attracts a, a, a entity we can't see, mm-hmm. you know, it's beyond our perception, but it's attracted by this energy, but it's also attracted by our energy and, and emotions are energy. If you yeah. see auras, which I've had that experience, emotions give off different energies. Mm-hmm. And if something can feed off of this and let's say it likes the taste of fear from a person, what's it going to do? It watches Early man, think of early man in its beginning. If these things have been around us and they're a part of our life and we don't realize and they've been here always, early man would be out in the woods hunting. And when would they get that frightened feeling is when they'd encounter a beast in the field. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They'd encounter a monster, you know, a saber-toothed tiger. I don't know what early man encountered when they were hunting, you know. Things that would scare them usually be beast-like. Yeah. You know, it would be the, that would be their threat. So these things early on would learn to take on that form to get what it wanted. Yeah, the and, beast and, in the field. And, and and how you said the the bell witch started, that is what happened. I mean, there was mm-hmm. a beast in the field that they encountered, some sort of creature. And then the uh Skinwalker Ranch, same thing, that the wolf-like entity, um they shot it and it, nothing happened. There was no blood. It just was there. And 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 so you, yeah, you're absolutely right. They, they started that those and and then all kinds of weirdness ensued. It, and, and they both started he, the same way. If you look at all the ancient traditions of like the jinn, mm-hmm. the fairies of European lore, they take they're all shapeshifters, and and they're and they're from the same family, but I, I right. think that they're regional. Like the jinn right. are in the desert and in, in Arabia, yeah, you know, in the yeah, Arabian right. desert, and then of course they, man, they 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 they're the jinn are not immortal. They have lifespans. Yeah, they do. They they're just really long. They reproduce. So do the the fairy realms. They have lifespans that they reproduce. I had a guest on uh, years ago named Terrence Palmer that wrote a book, The Science of Spiritual Possession. And uh, in his studies and uh, research, he believes they're parasitic entities. And it's really creepy when he gets in because he does a whole – they do hypnotherapy sessions with clients. And they do psychics evaluated and all that. And he does it like energy readings and all this stuff. It's it's a whole like college book. Like it's a huge book. Uh, but one of the things he said in an interview that creeped me out, he's like, these parasitic entities latch onto people like your friend. You know, you say, you say to the reptilian like thing attached to him. Mm-hmm. He said they latch on into your energy field. That was my okay. brother. My actually my brother. Right. They attach to your energy field for reproduction. And he says, when you get super psychokinetic events around people, this is them in a reproduction phase. They are producing offspring in your energy field. They're literally laying astral eggs in your energy field. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? I've had experiences of seeing auras and seeing shapes in people's energy and feeling energy off of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I think there's something to that. And – what if we are? I mean, they, besides feeding on us, they are using us to reproduce in their realm. 
And they and they even have a society too, like the Sealy Court. And I know you know yeah. what that is. The Fey have the Sealy Court, yeah. and then there's the Unsealy. You have court. the Scottish, you have the Welsh Court, yeah. and then you have the traditional Irish Court. They're a little bit different. And, and, uh, but yeah, and, yeah, and 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 it, to, to me, it's just like regional. If you go to one region, they have their spirits, and their it's kind of like bacteria. You know, bacteria is like this is my spot. You know. And, and, and the well, thing that people don't realize is that they're not all friends either. They don't get along. That's why they're in different regions. Um, it, it's not, it, and, and they will compete too. It, it, there was the case that I did outside of my hometown and that farm, uh, the, the, there were two different things going on. There was a dog man type entity that was roaming around outside. Um, but then there was the shadow man that was inside. And according to the little boy, you know, who, you know, his, his aunt and his mother and everybody, they, they all told me, yeah. you know, they said that the, the little boy was telling him that the dog man didn't like the shadow man and vice versa. Yeah. I remember that part. And, and it was so uh, weird. Um, and I told that story on DER and, and it was just like, I, I don't, uh, I don't even know what, what that was and why or why that was. Um, but that, that the, the little boy was relieved when they took him to his aunt's because he no longer had to see the shadow person. But then after a few days, it showed up over there. And then the little boy said, we need to go back. He started asking to go back to the farm because the wolf-like entity was his friend, supposedly, and it would eat the shadow person. What I found interesting about that is there's actually a historical basis for that. And the, there's a book I read called uh, Legends of the Fire Spirits. And what it is, is it just talks about all the Arabian legends of the jinn that pre, even the ones that predate Islam, because a lot of people think that they came with Islam. No, well, they were there before. Zoroastrian. Zoroastrian. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The Zoroastrians. Because, and, and so what they, what they believe uh, is that these, uh, there's a, there's a one called the Guela, the new Guela or the, uh, the Nagula. It just depends on the. Where you get from Ghoul. Ghoul. Yeah. And, and, or, 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 or Guala. Uh, the different translations and there's so many different dialects and then and so mm -hmm. that's what that it's basically a type of ghoul and uh, what it does is it feeds upon people and it it also uh, feeds upon dead flesh and the only creature that it's afraid of is a wolf now some of the translations are a little weird it's like this wolf it, it says can can act and think like a man uh, in some of the translations and you're going like what in the heck is that you know, um, some theorize, you know, me amongst them that this could be a dog man. And one of their jobs right. is to clear the area of, of certain. Spirit. What are they? Yeah. What are guardians they? of the gate? Guardians of the dead. Anubis. Yeah. We're talking about that. Yeah. And we, and we talked about the black dog, um, in the, the, the Mexican legend, the Cadejo, the Cadejo, what it does, that is a curse that's brought upon somebody when they say somebody's celoso, you know? And, uh, yeah. they, they, they give somebody the eye or whatever, you know, and so they're jealous. You have uh, a woman that I want, I want you out of the way. So they conjure up the black dog, the black dog can take life. If, if you go to the bruja and she, she casts the spell, well, this black dog rips people apart. Long story short, after it's done ripping people apart, they look perfectly normal, except their heart has stopped. Um, and then 
there's the black dog yeah. doing its job. It runs back out into the into the woods or whatever, leaves the field, goes back into the woods, killed the worker or whatever that it was. Next thing you know, so-and-so is going out with the former lover of that person in that person's memory, you know. Uh, yeah. It's a type of uh, a magic, you know, of, of, of summoning, you know. But these things are very much associated with death. Um, Hecate, yeah. Hecate of the of the Greek service. Yeah. She is not only the, the, the goddess of the dead, you know, but she's also the the goddess of dogs. Yeah. Which is very odd. You know, one time I was at a a job site in round rock. Uh, it's, it's right, right. It just Austin runs right into round rock. There's no border at all. It's just right there. And so, uh, I was in round rock and I was doing it, doing a job there. And, uh, it was very weird. I had this, uh, like weird waking dream. I don't know if you've ever had that where you're just kind of sitting there. Next thing you know, you zone out. Yes. And the thought of that entity popped into my head for no reason at all. I don't even know where, why it came to me. And then I look down and I see this black, what would look like a Rottweiler, but it's just a black, solid black one. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's weird. And it's just trotting by my truck. And it stops, looks up at me, has the one paw up. I'll never forget. I was looking right at it. And I was just getting ready to get out and take a number one because <laughs> I was just like, you know, you're just, there's nobody around. It's just you in, in an abandoned building. I figured I'd, you know, take a leak and this thing. And I said, oh, no. And it was big. And so then it kind of, you know, how they kind of move their mouth back and forth while they're debating about what they, they you know, what you are, who you are. Yeah. Are and you then lunch? It, yeah. Are, are you a friend or foe? You know, and typically if a dog is roaming around and it's it's by itself and it's not and it's not, and if it's own ter- turf, it's not, not as it's not a, aggressive. So it's kind of like that. It, it, it took off. But for the rest of the night, I thought, how weird is that? That that thought popped into my head and then a black dog comes running by. And I already had my experiences with some black dogs in my hometown. Right. And so I'm sitting there going like, this is so weird, you know, that that that, that just happened. And so I, uh, I was later on, I, I get bored, you know, at night and I, I call some of the guys that I work with because some of these guys I've been working with for years. So I'm like, who's awake? Cause we had this, this, this work thread and about 14 of us on there. And so two or three people popped up said, Hey, you know, I'm on so-and-so site. And so we started talking and, uh, I was like, man, that's had a weird experience. Well, found out that another guard had had a very odd experience with two black dogs in that same parking lot. Same thing happened. Uh, and he had gotten out to do, you know, and he was like, man, I'm, and I'm tired. And, you know, you drink a lot of water cause it was hot. It was like summertime, you know? And, uh, he said, man, I was, it was middle of the night and I got out, you know, and these two dogs were right around the other side of one of the uh, generators. And I was like, well, what the heck? And so they started growling. So I, I didn't want to run. So he goes, but I turned, I walked quickly back, got in my, at my, we had an SUV. He's like, get back in my SUV, and they just come right up to the window and looking in at me. And he said they looked like black Rottweilers without the brown on them, yep. but exactly same shape and everything. And uh, it's like the dog I dream of, and the de- I have had recurring dreams. I'm in a in a cemetery, and it's a lot bigger than a Rottweiler, but it looks like one. Uh, and it's completely black, and it comes down the this hill, the cemetery, and comes towards me. And you've had told me that so many times. And, and, yeah. and what happens in the dream? It always ends with me running for our car and getting the hell out of there. It's usually my wife's with me in these dreams. I didn't start having these till, uh, uh, you know, ten years ago. Why? Why? Yeah. Why is that? 
I don't know. I, 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 I sum it up maybe as a supernatural influence because I'm a big fan of the show Supernatural. But I do notice I've had bad luck and things that things to turn not so good negative energy wise when I do have these dreams. So I don't know if it's a warning. I don't know what. But I've been fascinated, you know, with the black dogs because of those dreams because uh, there's just so power. There's so much like this is such a spooky feeling. That just, I, I, I see it in my head. This thing, how it just like comes comes down like a snake almost the way it like comes down through the graveyard like it's coming towards us, not running towards us, but it's coming. Well, what what are like you scared as hell? I've had this dream like so many times now. It's what are your thoughts on on like and and we've talked a little bit. I told you uh, a little bit about the story where uh, a buddy of mine was a DJ out in Marfa, Texas, and he was living out there. His girlfriend was kind of like hippie. Hey man, let's go live out there and be artists, man. And there's like nothing to do out there, man. So he's a DJ with no work, man. But uh, <laughs> I really wasn't a big fan of his girlfriend. She was like a dreamer, but to the point of like detrimental. And yeah. uh, we kind of told him, you know, you're, you're, there's nobody, you know, there's nothing there. My grandpa lived there. My grandma and grandpa lived there for a while when I was young. And I was like, there's nothing out there. Uh, it's a very spiritual place. And the, the Marfa Lights, folks, you look, look it up. Yeah, They're well, really yeah. crazy. Um, but, you know, he, our neighbor, when I was a kid and I'd, I'd stayed out there with my grandparents, uh, they, she claimed to have seen the Marfa Lights multiple times. And she was like always out there kind of acting like stevie nicks and playing you know, years later i'm thinking she acts like she's like that lady you know but uh, she was out there with crystals and rocks and all kinds of stuff but anyway right down the street from where my grandparents lived uh th this guy they, they they bought a little house you know and they had these adobe type houses some of them were and so they stayed cool in the summer because it's kind of hot yeah. but then the weather's pretty cool if it's not summer it's actually it gets pretty cold up there because it's it's in the chinati mountains well they were driving and they saw these two dogmen literally in a cemetery and it looked almost like they were play fighting. Um, and yeah. then of course it culminated with, and I told the story on DER too, it culminated with them having a Halloween party where their back door got kicked in, uh, not completely kicked in cause it was, you know, it was solid, but it yeah. kicked, kicked like a hole in the bottom. And, uh, when, uh, uh, Cosmel had gone outside and had the, uh, the, the flashlight, uh, it was like something swiped his hand and he saw this weird looking paw type hand and then the light shined up for a minute on this wolf like face. And he was like, oh my gosh. And this is, it's one of these creatures, you know, and they had unscrewed the light bulb. So these things had very, they were very intelligent. You know, they had this ability and he goes scrambling back into the house and as that thing kicks the door and then he looks and there were like two more standing there, but one that looked almost like a shadow. It was just like a shadow, but it was like hard to describe. He said that it was almost like somebody scribbled it up and down. Now, I was not able to tell all of that on, on Vic's show because Vic, you know, poo-poos the, uh, the woo, as he calls it. And so he doesn't only really allow and, and at that time, I didn't have the kind of clout, you know, to tell that, yeah. you know. Once I, once I told the story about that farm outside of my hometown, he let me talk about the shadow entity and the poltergeist activity because I had – built up enough cred that, you know, I could talk about that. But back then he was real adamant. He would edit out. He didn't want to hear anything about, uh, woo. Should have been know. on my show. Jason <laughs> didn't know you had it back then. I would have, you know, know. And I could have told you the whole story, but because there's more to that story than just what was told on DER. He said that these entities look kind of scribbly. Like if you took like a, uh, like a, 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 just go up and down with like a black, uh, uh, charcoal or something, because yeah. his, his girlfriend would 
this is weird, okay? His girlfriend was, was before all this happened, okay, their house that they lived in had an entity in it. And she would do, not automatic writing, but I would call it automatic drawing. Um, so she would take like pieces of black charcoal, like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like, cause she did it when we were living, when they were living here in Austin, she did the same thing. And I saw her do it. She would just go up and down a piece of paper with this, uh, sort of, uh, chalky black. I don't know what it is, Jason. Um, yeah. I'm not an artist at all. I, I have no artistic abilities. I don't have any kind of I can, music. Everybody in my family plays an instrument, but me. Okay, I'm the pugilist. That's my job. I fight. And, but the, anyway, up and down, and this weird, like, Bigfoot-type entity, like, appeared on the paper. And me and a bunch of my friends saw it. You know, my brother, Scorpion, we were all like, wow, that's cool. That's crazy looking, you know? And and she's like, yeah, man, this is what I see in my dreams, you know? And, and like I said, she took that. It was like a little too much, you know? And then she'd nod off because she's, you know, doing whatever she's doing, you know? And so then... Uh, he t- he went out there to live with her and he said, hey, he came back to visit every now and then, you know, we were friends and he said, hey, you know, there's something in our house, you know, and he knew that I collected stories. Even back then I was big on that, you know, and th- the club was haunted. And so I'd go there during the, during the afternoon, do liquor order and I'd hear pool balls clanging upstairs. And sometimes he'd come in to set up early and we would hear stuff and we kind of look at each other and I'd be like, ah, see. So he told me, he goes, dude, I know you believe in this and you have, you know, some experience with this because I lived in a house that was pretty jacked up. So then he tells me, uh, my, my girlfriend who now is his wife, but uh, he said that she was scribbling, uh, up and down with the, with the charcoal and it was creating this wolf looking thing. And he said that, uh, this thing was communicating with them in their dreams like they'd go to sleep yeah and this thing would show up in the dream and be standing there in the corner of the room and you know how you wake up and you're like what what am i looking at you know and then as a kid this happened to me once and i thought you know oh my gosh so i had this i always played baseball since i was a little bitty like little league and all that so i grabbed like this little wooden bat you know i had and I was getting ready to, uh, or aluminum bat, I'm sorry, get ready to like attack this thing. And then I yell to, to charge at it or whatever. And just then my sister uh, had turned the light on. And uh, it was just a jacket draped over my backpack, <laughs> over a chair, you know. And I was like, ah, and I went and I hit it. It was nothing there. Okay. But, it, but for him, it was kind of the same thing. He was like, what is that? So he flips on the light and there's nothing there. And so he goes, okay, I'm just in his, he could never wake her up. She was always out, always asleep, you know? Um, Yeah. (laughs) She had like this. (laughs) She had, that's funny. She had like this addiction, I guess you would call it. Yeah. I'm I'm just, I'm going to be honest. She, she took stuff to sleep and it was like, she'd be like, oh, hey man, take one drink and then poof, you know? And so she, so what happened was he tried to wake her up. He's like, Hey, 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 she won't wake up. Of course. So then he turns the light off and there it is again. So like, but then there's nothing there. So he's like, you know, it's not like one of those things where you see like a chair and there's like a bag over it. Like what I told him that happened to me. He yeah. goes, no dude, it wasn't like that. He's telling me and squid and D and Scorpion, all of us, you know, like, like what's going on, you know? And we're all listening to this guy. And he said, uh, I took a bat and I jumped up and I went at it. And when I did, I knocked a huge hole in the wall. Then she wakes up and, and, uh, and she, she's like, 
what did you do? You know, and then the next day she's really angry because they knocked the hole, he knocked the hole in the wall. Right. And he said, your creature thing or whatever it is that you're seeing, you know, made me do that. And she, she, that, that was a terrible thing. Cause then she's just like, Oh, you're going to blame me for it. You know, your aura is what brought it. It's drawn to you. And, and then it was back and forth. And then that, that one night they were going to the only all night diner that was there at that time. And they're driving down the road and they see those two wolf-like creatures. And I think it was meant, they were meant to see it. Right. And then the next thing you know, uh, they invite their friend over to, uh, and she's goofy, dingy person too. And, and, and so she was, anyway, she was chopping up something for the party and she cut herself and she looks up and she sees this thing in the window. And then of course it was all this stuff that went on. Um, and, and, and they heard this loud howling in the back and there were people that were back there smoking and they came running inside cause they didn't know what it was. Well, to me that, I don't know. I mean, to me, that was like a spiritual entity sort of manifesting itself as physical. Yes. It kicked a hole in the door. Yes. It did, uh, physical things, but it, these were definitely manifestations of demonic, uh, entities of some sort. I mean, I can't, there's no other way to was describe it. it. I don't have much. It's getting pretty late, but I I, I want to leave on this 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 point. I want to get to when I you know I talk about these scenes being changelings and all the myth and lore, all the different cultures, and and I talk about parasitic entities we can't see that are maybe feeding off our emotions and playing back at our interferes, ancient interferes, like archetypal interferes like mm-hmm. Jungian, you know, what, what are we afraid of is the early beasts that we encountered in the woods. Like I mentioned before, uh, I always like to use this. I'm a star Wars fan. Oh yeah. Me too. <laughs> and, Big and, uh, I always use this as an example. You remember in empire strikes back, um, when Luke is on Dagobah uh-huh. and the cave that Yoda tells him to go into because mm-hmm. it, the dark side's there very strong dark side's presence. Mm-hmm. He tells him, weapons I can't do a Yoda impression weapons not needed or whatever he tells him he tells him not to bring his weapons yeah just go in there you know because what you bring in with you is what's going to attack you yeah and that's exactly what happens and I think that's how this kind of works because Luke goes in there and what happens he brings his weapons and next thing you know he's in a lightsaber fight with a good old pop yeah (laughs) Yeah, with Darth Vader and then he cuts his head off and sees his own face he like faces his own inner fear and what he knows deep down that he doesn't want to accept. I think that's how these things react to us. They react to our one instinctual innate fears, stuff that's from the beginning of man, the beast phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they, and they can form into a lot of different things to get what they want, be it food or procreation as uh, Terrence Palmer theorize that they're using us to procreate. Uh, but what we're dealing with is something that is parasitic in a sense, and it reflects our inner self. It reflects our inner darkness. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it's, uh, and, and I've always been fascinated with the Tibetan, uh, Topa. The Topas. Oh yes, yeah. absolutely. You know, um, and so how much of this is entities in another realm or parasitic or, and that are basically shaped by our own inner thought, our own inner subconscious to mm-hmm. um even alien experiences you know why not you know they can if they can take on the form of a dog man they could take on the form of an alien whatever it is that's going to get at you the way they need to feed on you the way they need i'm not saying aliens are this but maybe some instances are 
or maybe there's a connection. I don't know. But I have a growing theory that a lot of especially psychokinetic activity that happens in homes is related to this one environment, as Barry Taffwood had said, to the person. And three, he doesn't add this part in, but my third part is a parasitic entity that lives in that that energy field. And the field changes the person and leaves them susceptible to a parasitic-like infection. Because what happens, like the Jackie Hernandez case, the San Pedro case, she left that home. She never had experiences before then. And they said it was all her. It's, she's got super psychokinetic activity. I get that. But it, and it followed her. That's why they they you know she moved a whole towns away, and she still was having these experiences. I mean, she took pictures of glowing balls of light in her in her home that are amazing. Um, I don't think she was making any of this up. You know, it was destroying her life. Um, she really didn't want much to do with it, except that she did have like a love interest with one of the investigators, like she was totally into, it. and that's why they thought it was psychokinetic because it was the guy that got attacked. Or it was not the guy that got attacked. It was uh, the, the guy that got attacked was like interfering with the guy she was interested in. That's a whole other show. Watch the Barry Taff episode. I so have. it could, it could have been um, she she was subconsciously she, launching. Yeah, so it. they look at it. It's all coming from her, which maybe they're right. But I think there's a parasitic entity involved in this. It's like jumping in a pond of leeches mm-hmm. that all attach to you. You know, and you come out, and the leeches are still attached. I've had so many people tell me, I never had a paranormal experience before, and I moved into this house and saw all this, and now I've had a number of experiences since. It changes you. Some of these places can change you physically, mentally, and now spiritually. You Scars. will be seeing these scenes. Yeah, and but is it like an infection now? You have the uh, a parasitic entity attached to you. And it's going to, it's going to, and if it, if it's, and I don't think all of them feed off of fear. I think there's positive entities that, you know, that are that are symbiotic with us. We want to call them parasitic, but symbiotic that live off of our good feelings too. Yeah. You know, we don't understand the realms we cannot see. Our visual sight and feelings are only a small percentage of the reality around us. And that's what I I, I have a theory that, that a lot of the answers lie in there, that we are dealing with life forms that live on a whole different level than us that are symbiotic with us and parasitic with us. And and I think there's a lot more we can learn and try to understand from, if we take it from that perspective. What you were saying though, about these things being able to uh, breed within your energy field, are are you, this is the question for that. Is is that breeding with us or or, or are they breeding with one another and using us as energy just to, to, to it's like alien. I'm a big fan of the alien movie. They're laying their egg in you, but they're, they're not breeding with you. They're, you're the host. You're just the host for the egg. That's what Sharon Palmer said. I don't know. Uh, I found that really interesting. I don't know if that's the truth or not, but it would make, you know, he, I found it really interesting when he said a lot of the, when you have the crazy psychokinetic activity, this is during like this basically hatching of these creatures inside energy fields and they need people for it. And I like, that is really creepy and gives, like, gives me the creeps, you know, think that things are laying eggs in your energy field. And, you know, and he's like, this is possession comes from and this is why he has a whole book called science of spiritual possessions really interesting but it reads like a college book it's huge and very science you know he gets down to all science of it and it's really interesting um but that I, i'm still fascinated with that idea and the idea and I've, i always feel it because of my shadow person experience that they are things that are parasitic that we don't understand that are around us interacting with us in different ways um, and symbiotic too, in a good way, maybe uh, that 
we don't see. I mean, if you think about like the psychokinetic energy that they blame on humans, like the Jackie Hernandez case and the entity case, and and that they say it comes from the person. It's all from their psyche, and it's manifesting from them. Well, it, you know, I, I believe people can have incredible spiritual power to do things, and subconsciously at times. But I, you know, if they they don't have it until they move into a certain location, like the entity case or the Jackie Hernandez case. That means it's, there's another element we're not factoring in and that's what Barry Taft got. It's the environment that triggers it in the person. But it's got to be something more because there's intelligence that come from this. And yeah, like the Bell Witch, it would talk to people and all that. And people say, well, that's just coming from the psyche of the little girl. It's all psychokinetic. I, I don't think so. I think these things people communicate with and at times are parasitic. And 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 not just fear they feed off. They it might be like the quantum effect. They need our attention and awareness to exist in our they get more power out of our awareness and exist of their existence. Like the tree does a tree make a sound in the forest when it falls kind of thing if nobody's there to witness it. The like the topo thing. Yeah, it, our consciousness gives it the energy to manifest in this world, which it so much wants to do. It's more food for it. I don't know, but these are all ideas I've been playing with for years in my head, wondering, you know, how it's all connected. And and that's wow. <laughs> okay, because because like one of the things I was going to talk about real briefly, I'm going to tell you the the tulpa thing. Like like you're kind of when you're kind of you're describing like a tulpa absolutely needs the human host to survive. Um, yeah. Because without that, its world is gone. It's like a, a dream entity that just—it's gone. It's a thought form. It's, it's a thought created. form. You can create it. Yeah. And, and there, there was a Muslim cleric, and it was—he was real big into the hadith. You know what that is? Um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it sounds it, familiar. Yeah, it's a book. It's a, like it's—it's it's very esoteric. There's a lot of esotericism in some of these different. Yeah. And and, and Muslims, just like Christians, shun a lot of that. But this guy. Oh yeah. He was real big into that, you know, and I think he was a he was he was into uh, he at one point he practiced Sufism, Sufism like a Sufi, Sufism, uh, yeah, 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 Sufism, and uh, he was he was uh, he became a Muslim and he was very into the, his faith, but he said at one time he was studying, and he said that that uh, he had this is what he what I've read in a book I can't even tell you which book it was because I've read so many stories and I I had so, like I was talking to. Uh, Weatherly about this on my show one time, the, the, like how many Fate magazines we'd read because right. I had the, the the subscription to Fate magazine for 20, 30 years, you know? And so you, you read all these stories, you know? And so w this was one that I had read and this guy, he said that he had communication with a jinn and it was a very uh, long-term relationship, friendship, whatever. Uh, and it was an elder one. And he said that this thing gave him a lot of information one of the things that he was told, okay, by this one particular entity who he claims never did anything negative to him. I don't know. That's neither here nor there. But he said that it warned him of what he called an archon. Now, what this entity described as an archon was our own thought forms. And right. what the entity told him was what we think of as demons uh, fairies, jinn, all that, whatever that they have they, now. Now they have laws and rules they have to follow that are laid down by God, okay, and by the heavenly host, okay, the Elohim or whatever you want to call it, and and that they they are supposed now. Now, of course, that means there's outlaws. Just like we're not supposed to go yeah. rob banks, we're not supposed to go and and shoot up a, a beer joint or whatever. But it happens, you know, because there's outlaws. There's people that are like, I don't care about the law. And and that's a small percentage of the population, but they still do it. I mean, it's smaller than the ones that actually abide by the law. 
but that you know, but but he said that this this entity told him that these uh, what he what it was calling Archon was like a thought form that a human when when a human creates a thought form and it goes off on its own and becomes its own entity that it looks for nourishment and it it does parasitize anything it can find and that there is no controlling it there is no law for it because mankind man created it so exactly. only man can take it out and destroy it and it's it's something that can wreak havoc on i guess quote unquote the spiritual ecosystem because well, it's, but it's a curse. Yeah, I mean, a curse it, it is, is a topa. It's a thought form that has an emission, and in the bell, you know, bell witch. If it's succeeded in its mission, it doesn't still go. It doesn't go away. It's still there. But now the bell family generations have gone since John Bell died. Mm -hmm. uh, what does it do? It, it's wild now. It's yeah, it's just running around doing what it does. Yeah, and and that's what these thought forms do. So you got to be very careful in the energy that you put into something like this because you can create something that is that goes off on its own and it, it doesn't live by any law. It doesn't follow any rules. It's just there and it and it, and it is not um, a demon. It's not an angel. It's not anything. It's just what mankind has thought up. With the power, because I believe, and the way I believe is that we we are all a little bit of the spark and life and breath of God. He put that in us, and that's kind of like, you know, that's what makes us go. And it's that little bit of electricity, energy that that, that God breathed into us. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily mean literally, but that's how we are formed, you know. Um, and so, because of that, you know, we do have a little bit of the power of creation. So what this entity was warning was that those entities, when they're created by mankind, they're just loose. They're just wild. They don't um, have any kind of rules. They don't follow any kind of anything. And, and they're the most dangerous. And those are the ones that would, would absolutely um, be uh, the most destructive because, like he said, you know, and they just gain power uh, to stay in existence, to stay conscious. Because it's been, it's become conscious, almost like uh, an IA, you know, like. Uh, I think that's a, a lot of people, reason people, AI, I, I do sorry. have to get going, it's getting late, but uh, I think that's why a lot of people run into problems with Ouija boards. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it, it's a gateway. They might be creating, well, not just gateway, but they might be creating a thought form through their expectation. Well, the experiment, fear. I don't know if you know about that, yeah. the college experiment where they created the yes. entity. Yes. And, yes. and then, and then of course it started doing things and making, you know, um, there's been a lot of cases of that. And I know you got to go, Jason, but yeah. it, it's very, it's very interesting though, our conversation that we had folks, I want to wrap it up. Uh, but, but, you know, me and Jason, we could talk all night about all this. This oh, is yeah. crazy stuff, but, um, yeah, we got pretty cerebral and, <laughs> you know, but you know, and <laughs> it makes a paranormal you, soup. It is. And it makes you think, you know, and, and one final thought, I want to ask you one question before you go. Bigfoot dog, man, Flesh and blood. If you lean one way or the other, what do you think? Spirit. I don't. I don't lean any other any way on it because I've not experienced it, and I think I you know I think all things are possible. Uh, I believe the people when they had the paranormal like encounters with Bigfoot and Dogman. Uh, I, with Dogman, I definitely feel like it's something more paranormal than Bigfoot. I could I can buy that Bigfoot might be a physical creature that exists. Uh, it's not paranormal. Maybe there's paranormal things related. Maybe it has access to things. I don't know. Uh, but Dogman, for me, more I would lean towards like a non-physical creature because of the ancient traditions of you know do uh, of 
of Anubis and all of the cultures are described like Cerberus. Yeah, and portal and portals to another place. It just it sounds interdimensional. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, I'm open. I, you know, for the debate, I'm open for the ideas people have on it. Yeah, and Jason, I want you to come back at some point and uh, oh, yeah. sit in on a couple of of you know, like when I bring on people who who are guests that that uh, tell their stories, and then maybe me and you could dissect it together, you know, and kind of talk to them and see. You know, come oh, to some that. sort of conclusion, yeah. Because I got lots of guests that that uh, come on, and and I have a lot of people that can tell Bigfoot and Dogman stories all day long, and 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 uh, alien uh, abduction stories, and and we can uh, interview them together. Yeah, I love that. I love, and that's what I love about your show is uh, I I have a lot of guests that a lot of people have read books or know of, not always, uh, but uh, you know. Plug here, paranormal soup, jbland at gmail.com. If you want to email your stories, I, I, I'm jealous of the stories you get. People people do email me, send me messages, but most of the time I just get them calling into my show and telling me the story, which I love that just as much. But I, I, I love how you get people to open up to you and, and tell you of their experiences because, like I said, I feel they're all pieces of the puzzle, and that's why I have phone lines on my show and I do a live show. I want people to tell me, call in. Now, every Sunday night, guys, <laughs> 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Central, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. Live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch and Paranormal Radio app, and, it, and it's a pretty oh. good, pretty good time, guys. Let me tell you, I enjoy uh, Jason's work. I think Jason is a smart. Like I said, he's sharp as a tack, smart as a whip, and uh, he is very quick. You know, witted, and uh, you know, if if you are not doing anything on a Sunday, Jason, go check him out. Um, I do. And I've called into your show, you know, and, and we've talked on, on, you know, on there, but I can tell you this, it's uh it's not a waste of time. So, uh, check him out and Jason, you'll be back on my show. I guarantee it. And you got just, we, we left a lot of meat on the bone and, but we talked about a lot of things. Thank you for coming on and talking about these things because it's, it's also, it's not always a comfortable thing to do. And um, it does take some energy and some effort to sit there and go over these things because they are uh, pretty rough. <laughs> some of it's pretty but rough, you know. We're never going to figure any of this out <clears throat> if we don't talk about our experiences. Absolutely. If we keep them deep down and don't feel like we have open forum to place to talk about it, which I think both of our shows are great about providing that open forum, we're never going to figure these things out. Yeah. Every time I do drop a show, too, I get two or three, four, five, six, who knows how many stories from that episode. It just the longer I go, then somebody will say, hey, and then I'll have enough to do a whole nother series. But so what I was thinking is, you know, um, I can, you know, we can talk about some of these stories I got and we can dissect them together. And I think that Jason Especially if you would get be, a green floating head story. Somebody yeah, comes to you, I want to know right away. Haven't gotten that. That's a, that's a very unique, I had the red one, but I've, I, you know, and I don't know why it was red, but. Um, yeah, I didn't, haven't gotten any green ones, but that's crazy. You, that, you get know, one like that. I want to know. Yeah. I think it's the only one I got actually of, of a floating head, uh, any yeah. kind of, but, uh, all right, Jason, I'm gonna let you go, dude. I really, really appreciate you coming on and talking and, um, yeah, I had a good time and we'll do it again. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Okay. All right. <laughs>